0: Alright guys, welcome to today's show. Now, on the show with me today, I've got Zach trader Zach joined me several months ago, and we chatted all about preparing for his first western hunt, specifically chasing after mule deer in the Badlands, and he was pumped then. I'm excited to see where he's at right now, because his hunt's over, his seasons are over, and like a lot of us, our seasons are coming to an end. So I'm excited to do a lot of recap episodes, have guests on that we're excited for for hunts coming up in the fall. And now obviously, a lot of those are finished. So I can't wait to get back on and just hear how people's seasons have gone because some of these guys I keep in touch with daily, uh, weekly, maybe every now and then on Instagram. But when I don't hear how their season went, and I just have to follow along, I like diving in and getting all the details of the hunt. That's one of my favorite things. So we're going to talk all about how Zach's badlands archery mule deer hunt went this year let's jump in you're listening to the western rookie a hunting podcast full of tips tricks and strategies from seasoned western hunters there are plenty of opportunities out there we just need to learn how to take on the challenges hunting is completely different up there i've heard 26 big game animals you can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. Three hundred yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way.
1: It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect.
0: If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Zach Trader. Zach, dude, it's been it's been a little while, but uh, yeah. we we talked on the podcast. I feel like it's not that long ago, probably what half a year, maybe, maybe. Yeah, not what even. was it? It was like in
1: August, so a couple months. Oh, couple yeah. Five months.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you just, I mean, are all of your seasons completely done up there yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. They
1: all ended January, uh, first. So now I guess we can shoot coyotes, but that's about it. Uh,
0: yeah. That's like that time of year where it's like, man, bummer. But also, dude, shooting coyotes, it's I so love fun. it, dude. I absolutely love coyote hunting, it's one of the oh, most yeah. underrated types of hunting out there. Um, Especially when you
1: call one in, it's just, I don't know. There's nothing like when they actually come to the call.
0: Oh yeah. 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 When they come in and they're searching, especially when they don't like I like watching them when they have absolutely no clue that I'm there. And you like change (laughs) things up. And especially when you have uh when you have a decoy out there, because I've hunted them in like big open areas, like big Mm -hmm. cattle pastures with little woodlots around. And it's fun to watch them come across that. But dude, when you're in the woods with a decoy, it gets crazy in a hurry, man. I've <laughs> never seen action like that. It was it's yeah. a lot
1: of fun. Have you ever seen where they have those dogs? Like just a normal like just a normal dog out there.
0: Dude, the decoy doggers. I, <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of different groups, but I've I've watched these guys on YouTube a bunch, and I don't know how like how do you train your dog for that? I don't know <laughs>
1: cuz Every dog I've owned would just like sprint at it and try to you know chase it down. But
0: they, I don't see, know the ones that I've seen, they've had they've had collars on them, so they must just have a really good recall. Like when you push the button, yeah. like it it basically they're trained to come back. Because for those that mm-hmm. don't know what we're talking about, these guys go and they coyote hunt exactly how we do, yeah. except in addition to that, they have live dogs out there, and these coyotes will come and try and attack their dog. <laughs> then the dog goes to attack the coyote and they'll just let them chase each other and like bite at each other for 15 minutes yeah. in hopes that more coyotes join the party to try to kill their dogs so that they can shoot them. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's
1: just crazy.
0: I, I want to, I want to experience it that. And then I, I've seen the guys down in, I think it's Texas. I'm sure it's all over the South, but with yeah. the greyhounds, the greyhounds and the whippets, have you seen those guys?
1: Where they where they chase the coyotes through the fields yeah. and stuff. They just drive yeah. through
0: the field, they hit a remote, and the doors on the back of their truck drop. All the dogs jump yeah. out and they literally just run this coyote down and eat it. Well, they don't yeah. eat it. They kill it.
1: Yeah, there's um, so where we deer hunt up by uh or just like by our, our our hunting land, there's this guy who so we have to walk past his dogs to get to get to our stand every time, and he's got like 50 hounds in there with like you know adult hounds and he's got a bunch of babies and they just go nuts um i can't remember what he said there's the he calls them like the attackers or something like that they're the super fast dogs so they're the ones who come at it and they chase it down and bite at its ankles to get it on the ground and then the killers come behind him so he lets the attackers out first they chase the coyote down and when he sees that they're coming up on it he'll release the killers and they just like they just haul ass towards this coyote once he's down the killer's like you know kill it yeah and it's just it's just wild i mean he's just got 50 hounds in his yard
0: (laughs) i want to i i really really badly want to just travel all over and experience like the most outlandish forms of hunting like i feel like that's a pretty wild one yeah anytime you involve dogs in Mm -hmm. an active hunt whether it's hogs or deer, like there's still states that allow that for deer. And I'm like, dude, I want want to experience that. But the one that I want to check out more than anything else is in Mongolia. The guys that hunt wolves with golden eagles. And they just straight up, I mean, they're like riding around on these like little mini (laughs) horses. And then the eagle, they're like on top of the mountain. And this eagle will see a wolf like two miles down the valley. And it just flies down after it and it is the coolest thing ever i mean i you have a pet eagle that kills wolves for you
1: like there's nothing more badass than that no,
0: i see i would if they open that up in montana i would i would find a way to buy a golden eagle and move to montana <laughs> yeah uh, that'd be awesome dude no so kidding. i mean we could talk about unique types of <laughs> all day and i'm sure more will pop up but uh dude what was your season like man because you're done but Here, we've got a couple things left. I think I'm going to go duck hunt in the morning. We've got a few days. Let's see. Looks like I've got nine days left of archery season. Yeah, 15th. Is that the end of it? Yeah, and then I think we're basically done. I mean, once once waterfowl ends, that's kind of the end. The Mm -hmm. nice thing is they space it out here to where there's not a lot of time between waterfowl and turkey. And really, I feel like the biggest gap of the year happens from turkey to everything else.
1: Oh that some like that summer law you Yeah, you're the about? summer. I
0: mean everybody fishes during that time. I still that's that's when I focus on uh you know making sure all my trail cameras are refreshed, uh yeah. any food plots, any habitat management, that all happens typically mm-hmm. during the summer and then yeah. shed hunting. I really yes. want to get into shed hunting this year cuz I don't like I've looked and looked and looked on the hunting property here and I've yeah. never found one while looking while looking for one. But I mm-hmm. was like walking through rabbit hunting one day and <laughs> I step over this log and I almost step on the tiniest little three-point side you've ever seen.
1: On the same property?
0: Yeah, on that nice. property. But I'm like, dude, I have some seriously awesome deer out here, and I never find any of their sheds. <laughs> they there's not a whole lot of room for it. Like, I yeah. mean, if they drop here, I should find them. There's not a lot of room for a shed to be that I couldn't like walk over pretty easy, yeah. but I do want to travel and do some more shed hunting this year. Do it. It's, that's, that's,
1: uh, that's in my top three for just favorite type, you know, favorite types of hunting to do, I guess. But um this season, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I, from the uh, you know, like we, uh, we kind of like measure our success by how many animals we put down this season. Yeah. So it's like not a super good season there. I mean, I shot a lot of pheasants and ducks and stuff like that, but no deer, not even a doe in that for the, the like that whole last month, hunting my uncle's land, trying to get a doe, tried some state land, trying to get a doe just to get, you know, some meat in the freezer, but nothing. It's a little rough, but I should have, uh, what I learned is I should take my does right away Yeah, in the season. Cause I, I had like probably 10 opportunities where I could have. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to shoot and scare a buck. If it's like, there's this buck that's around. I don't want to scare him out. Don't, don't want to do none of that. So, and then, you know, now you regret it.
0: Dude, that's <laughs> always the predicament, either. man. You're like, you always want to watch the doe and make sure there's not a buck trailing. Yeah. But at the and same time, <laughs> man, doe, early season doe management, it's so easy. It's, it's so like easy. taking... Not that not that it's like that everywhere, but where I'm at, the amount of does that I have early in the year is yeah. unbelievable. The only problem is the last couple of years I've connected early with bucks. And so I feel like I'm <laughs> going to do what you did this year. And I'm like, no, man, I will not shoot a doe yet because yep. first sit of the year this year, I turn around and there's a buck walking right towards me. And I'm like, this is <laughs> earlier than I've ever killed a buck. I mean, yeah. by far. And it definitely made me second think my strategy in the past years.
1: Yeah, it's I don't know. It's like you never know in the moment. You never know what to do, but it's it's always at the end. You're like, damn, should have done that. (laughs) I had so many opportunities,
0: and then I went out
1: like on my uh, my buddy was like, hey, he's like, you can come out of my land. I'll let you shoot a doe. We got a we got plenty of them out here. Sat there three nights, had like so. My stand was facing this way. There was a big tree to my right. And uh, we probably had four or five does in there every night, never came in front. They were always off to the right, you oh, know, behind no. this tree. And I'm looking at him and he's like, he's like, I don't know, man, <laughs> they usually come.
0: Yep. But not this time. Dang. Were they within range? Just, you know. Not- yeah, I just could
1: not get like there, there was just no shot through the trees. One came um, like right at right at light and I pulled back and I could not see my. Like through my peep site. So Dang. didn't want didn't to send it and risk a gut shot or something in the just because I had to leave that night.
0: But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that was tough. Tough. so was it a hang-on stand or like a permanent stand that yeah. It was just hang a hang on. or
1: a okay. little ladder one that leaned against
0: the tree. Dude, I will never go back. I will forever use a saddle now, man.
1: I feel like I need to because those things, they're so uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> Dude.
1: The uh the ladder stands that sit up there.
0: Oh yeah. Oh. oh I've had some and you can't really adjust them. You know, you have no. to have that like mid ladder brace that connects to the tree, but it always puts it at a terrible angle. I've been and you're crooked. Yeah, you're always you're crooked. crooked. I had one where I felt like I was on my toes the entire time. Like I felt like at any moment if I relaxed, I would just tip forward out of the, <laughs> of the freaking stand. Yep. Yeah, I hate those things. Uh climbers. I've never had great luck with, but like just a hang on, not a ladder, mm-hmm. you know, you do your, your sticks or screw in tree steps. Those are okay, yeah. but man, the saddle, I'm telling you, it's going to be to the point where like, they're basically making recliners that in the tree from the tree <laughs> because... It, I mean, they've already gotten in the past few years. It seems like they've gotten way more comfortable. I listen to people yeah. talk about them in the early days, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Dude, your legs are falling asleep," as if you've been like scrolling Instagram on the toilet for four hours, yeah. and then you like try to move and your legs don't work. Dude, <laughs> it's our like mine. Mine's super comfy, and I've heard the same from a lot of other people.
1: Mm-hmm. I've, I as when you're um, when I was looking, I can never find like a. It seems like there's so many like little pieces that go into it, other than the uh, just the sticks and like the saddle part, right? Yeah, it's like a bunch of different little ropes and little carabiners you need and certain yeah, little. Right? There's a
0: bunch. What I would highly recommend is find a really good saddle with great reviews, okay. and then look up D- DIY projects for the rest of it, because okay. you can make most of the equipment. Like you can just buy a, a couple cheap locking carabiners. you can get climbing rope typically you can go to uh, a good sporting goods store like athletic store or hop Mm -hmm. online and you can usually buy climbing rope by the foot and then you just buy it that way because dude on some of these websites they want like 80 bucks for a freaking piece of rope that's five feet long with two carabiners yeah (laughs) i think that's dumb i you can make that same setup for like 12 dollars. i bet
1: Okay, so like, what's a good like budget? Uh, Like a budget, and how much would that run me?
0: I bet you, I bet you, you could get into a full setup. There's, I'm not saying that there's not differences in all the different saddles. Yeah. But even the cheaper saddles are getting more and more comfortable, and you can do Mm -hmm. little tweaks and mods. But I would bet. You could probably get into a full saddle setup with the ropes and everything if you do the ropes and stuff DIY. Yeah, for under three hundred bucks now. Oh wow! Yeah.
1: Okay, that's way cheaper than I thought. Because every oh, time dude, I'm looking, it's I running spent like, like a grand, man.
0: I spent like a grand because I was like, I need it right now. I don't have time to go piece all this stuff together. I, yep. w- I knew I was coming back and I had a weekend to hunt, and that was it. And so I just <laughs> ordered it, had it like express delivered. But yeah. yeah, if if you wanted to do it right and you just pay for the saddle and everything else, pay for the saddle and like a one stick setup. Okay. For climbing. Yeah. And then I've seen everything that. else do DIY. I bet mm-hmm. you could get into it for well under five hundred, but I bet you you could probably get into it for under three.
1: Okay, that's not nearly as bad as what I thought. Because every time I've looking, it's like eight hundred to a grand just Dude, to hang from a
0: tree. I'm like, uh-huh.
1: I just can't do that.
0: But it replaces every stand you ever have, man. You can yeah. literally, you could climb a telephone pole and you know be hanging up there. You could climb yeah. the tiniest little cedar tree you've ever seen. I mean, you really can. It's the most versatile hunting setup there is.
1: Mm-hmm. I've seen and so much I, good stuff.
0: I've got a really, really great idea that I'm not going to share on the podcast, but I'm gonna tell you about it once we're off. All right. Because all right. When you hear this, you're gonna be like, no way, that's brilliant. <laughs> Genius.
1: <laughs> all right. Because I and that's one thing that I learned I need to get this season too is some sort of like saddle or something for Whitetail. Cause I I sat on the ground probably 60% of the time and it's just not oh, comfy. Dude. No. It's just not comfy. <laughs> No, and, and the you, deer, it's like every little movement, they're going to see it because they're right at eye level with you. You got busted yeah. so many times just for, you know, freaking looking this way because another deer was walking that way.
0: Yep. Dude, mm-hmm. this is the tough time of year, man, because you like relive every moment and then you look yeah. forward and you're like, dude, I have so far to go before I get to hunting season again. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then you think of all the little things you you're like I could have done this different I could have done that that different you know like during season you kind of reflect on it a little bit but you're thinking about the next hunt more than you are the past hunt so
0: (laughs) oh for sure and then when you have nothing to look forward to it's just like all the regret starts to kick in yeah
1: (laughs) it's like three for for us here just because you know there's snow until freaking April it's like got till probably probably beginning of april where we can start to shed hunt i mean you can shed in the snow but i just haven't had that much luck so it's like that three month dead period for us which is
0: it's tough yeah that would be i mean do you get into ice fishing though
1: i do a little bit i don't have i have some stuff but i don't have my own um like pop-up hub or my own auger or radar i literally just have the rod and if my buddies go i'm like
0: i'll come with dude just so. get a freaking ground blind, like a hundred dollar ground blind yeah a, a buddy heater and then you can get got one of those, those augers good. for like the drill now instead of like yeah, the big K-drill? two-hand ones yeah you can just put it on like a milwaukee or a dewalt or whatever
1: yeah i've, I've kind of got adhd though so when I, <laughs> I sit in the ice house and nothing happens for you know like 20 minutes i'm just like okay this <laughs> sucks like i'm not trying to like hole hop and all that when nothing's happening but
0: it'd be great if you could spot and stock ice fish
1: no kidding because <laughs> i love that that's that's something i realized this year too Is i when i went on my so that that muley hunt like that might be my uh new addiction now is western hunting because oh my god it's just so was this,
0: fun. Was this your very first one? Because we talked about you preparing for it, right? Yeah. 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 This is my
1: first ever. I've always just been whitetail and turkey and ducks.
0: Dude. So so, so let's jump into that because you, you went out multiple times. Mm-hmm. And then what was, one, what was your reason for choosing the state and location that you did? Let's yeah. start with that.
1: Okay. So... I chose, um, so I'm up in, uh, Fargo for school. So try, I'm, on, I'm on the other side in Moorhead in Minnesota, unfortunately. So I got to pay out of state, but, uh, my cousin, he hunted the badlands in North Dakota, um, the last two or three years. And like, I, I was just, was like, Oh, that just, that just looks so cool. And, uh, so, so then some guy on my floor came up to me and he was like, Yo, I got this. I got this guy from my hometown, and like, he's super into hunting too. I should give you his Snapchat or something. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is weird. Sure, if you want. And he gives me his this, this guy's Snapchat, and I add him. Never, never said anything or whatever. This the kid invites um, Christian over to his dorm, and they knock on my door, and they're like, Hey, this is the guy I told you to meet. And I was like, Oh, hey i'm zach whatever and then we started talking about hunting shed hunting he's like yeah i go out to the the badlands and shed hunt for mule deer like all the time used to try it so he was the person who like even showed me you know what it was so shed hunting out there did that for two years and then um after i quit football i was like oh i actually have time this fall to go hunting so i applied for the, the archery tag out there and it was i think it's pretty high odds to get it with zero points. Oh, nice. so, I got either I got lucky or, you know, it's, it's high odds, but I drew that and talked to my cousin about like where he's gone and he gave me some pins. I kind of went where I um, found some sheds. So that was the first trip. I went on four trips on this and it's about five hours, four and a half hours from Fargo. So it's like, I can, I can leave early on a Friday, get a good, like two to three days. If I leave Thursday night, I can get a full three days of hunting in and uh went with my dad and then my buddy Keis, who's from germany and he wanted to like do all the filming and uh taking pictures and stuff so we go out there i have some spots marked for um just like where i found sheds basically and we go to the one spot the whole, the whole first day didn't see a single deer we're like what the heck like what are we doing we have no idea <laughs> we're just what we're bumming around we probably put on like 14 miles that day, hardly glassed at all. We were just like, doot, 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 you know, walking around. <laughs> that was the first thing we learned. Don't just walk I was going to say, not
0: recommended for Western hunting. <laughs>
1: no. And that's what I thought it was. I was, like, oh, this is going to be awesome. We're just going to be hiking around, spotted deer, put a stock on it. No, it's not even close. Not even close. <laughs> so. First day I didn't see anything. I called Colin and I was like, okay, I need some, I need some strategies. How do you do this? And he kind of gave me this spiel of what he de- he's done. And the next day we finally like spotted some deer that first morning and getting like, getting so excited, you know, cause we actually saw deer trying to try to put a stock on them. Had no idea what I was doing with the stock and the deer weren't even like where I thought they were just cause they kind of went down to this cut. And I was like, okay, sneak up into here they're going to be sitting right here. You know, they're not there. Like you think they are. Yeah. So that was, that was the first stock of the trip. But then the next day there was, um, we spotted this buck. Not, I was just going after anything with antlers, you know, cause it was my first time. Yeah. There's this little three, three by three. And we spooked him when we came over the, um, he skylined us. So we spooked him this way. Ran onto private land, but he's right on the border, like right along this fence line in these um, pine trees. And our plan for me to go up there and um, like sit in a, sit along right next to this pine tree. And then my dad and Kais go up there and like kick him out towards me. Cause he could either go left or right. And if he went right, he'd come towards me. If we went yeah. left, he'd go onto the private land. And I'm sitting there in the cedar tree, like in it, because I was like, oh, I don't want him to see me. So I'm like in the cedar tree, sitting there waiting, watching dad and Kais. They're just walking up the fence line, doing their thing. And all of a sudden I see, I'm like 70 yards away at this time. I see him get up and he just starts running straight at me just like you know how they just start hopping or whatever yeah. he's just hopping directly at me you know, and I, I just start shaking so bad so <laughs> i was like ah this isn't gonna work and then it's working like dude, i had no idea i just i i was drawing i drew back and i'm like just watching it you know it's just 40 30 20 and i had it like i had it all like mapped out or uh ranged out so when he was frontal at 20 i was like okay should i shoot now and i'm like no 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 just wait just wait he's coming he's coming and I kept telling myself to like, to hold and I'm like, just wait, just wait. And then, you know, the shot anxiety level just keeps going uh-huh. up and up and up and I'm like, <laughs> shit, shit, shit. And he's, he's like five yards away from me, you know, pair like broadside right next to me. I should have just, you know, boop, yep. easy, oh God, easiest arrow I could have ever like, and I go, man! And as soon as I do that, he just duck, ducks and dives. And I panic. And i <laughs> the shot just goes right over him. Oh, and no. And he runs. I stand up. I look at my dad and and They're like, and I'm like, no. Oh, no. Just, you can freaking hear him breathing right next to me. And just,
0: so don't yeah. give a moving mule deer the old whitetail meh.
1: No. Nope, nope. Okay. Get That's noted. where I want to listen. Do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> they just dip and run so that like i was probably shaking for like a good 30 minutes after that you I know bet. oh god but when i think of it now in hindsight if i would have shot that deer i would have had like i probably i would have lost out on you know three other trips on like 12 days of hunting experience yeah That I wouldn't have got if I would have shot that deer. That so it's like, it's like that. It would have been nice to shoot it that second day, but
0: yeah. Oh man. No, that's that's the tough part, man. When you shoot, when you shoot an animal, for me, if I'm on a trip like by myself, or yeah, if I'm out hunting somewhere, I really don't want to fill the tag on day one. Yeah, but. If, if I'm hunting with a whole group of people and everyone has tags, I'm totally Mm -hmm. fine shooting one day one, because now I get to help those guys the whole week. Like I'd happily grab the camera or I'd just hike around and be like a meat mule for them. You know, just packing, packing elk or mule deer or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. uh, out from the mountains and back to camp. But yeah, it's definitely tough. If you're fine, if you're the only one with a tag and you realize like it could all be over right now.
1: Yeah. And it's like, the part of me wanted to, I wanted to get one that trip so bad just because my dad and like kites were there. So like kites would have it on, have some good pictures and film of it. And like, just, you know, going down the hunt with your dad is always super awesome. So it was awesome anyways, but it's just, if you would have filled the tag, it would have been super cool. Oh yeah. So that was the first trip. And then I got on a couple more stocks after that, trying to figure everything out, you know, like one time I, um, I, I rush myself. So it's like, as soon as I see a deer, I'm like, okay, let's go. Like I just make a plan quickly in my head and I just rush after it, you know? Yeah. So I got to take it a little bit slower. I've learned. Yep. And uh, you know, like I see one get over there looks completely different. There's like three different cuts, four different cuts. I have no idea which one he's sitting in, but I know he's in one. So I take a guess and he was in, he was in the other one. So that one got up. And then later on that trip, we got on another one, um, and that one was just like he just blew me because I stepped on a stick, <laughs> and yeah. he heard it got away. What?
0: So what changed? Because from day one, you guys didn't see any, and you were just hiking around. After that first day, did you did you decide to just get high and glass from somewhere, and that's how you started? Oh, we just all went to a deer? whole new area. Oh, okay. we just went to
1: a whole new area, and then uh, we started seeing deer. And this was pretty early in the season. So I, we kind of, we figured out that you're only going to see deer pretty much like in the morning and then the evening when they're moving, unless you're really picking apart a part of hillside and you spot one while it's, while it's bedded. And we did spot one while it was bedded and that was the one that was in the cut that I yeah. guessed wrong. And, uh, so it, yeah, those last couple of days, it was like constant action, which was good just to get on those stocks and like, just learn, you know?
0: Oh, for sure. What I'm
1: doing, because there's a million things you can do wrong. And then after that, it's it's like, I don't know, super, super awesome to just be with my dad and Kais kind of during that whole thing, you know, get back to camp where we're, you know, telling all the stories. And that's, that's honestly like one of the best parts of hunting, I think for me is like getting back to camp and just going through the day. Yeah. Or if there's success, then you get just to just like reliving show it
0: all. all of it, man. Like anytime yeah. you can do that, because then you especially you hear it from their perspective, and you're yeah. like, Oh, no way, that's what it looked like. And they're like, dude, it looked like it ran you over. And or I, we didn't know if you had shot it. I mean, I love Yeah. I love when there's like 10 people that all witness something and you just hear everybody's point of view and like they yeah. saw something that didn't even happen, but from their angle, <laughs> it looked like it did.
1: Yep. Yeah. So that was, that was just super fun and get back and uh, or get back to college. And it's kind of like, as soon as I got back, I'm just like thinking, I'm like, looking I'm like hey when can I go out next? Like, <laughs> should I, I'm mean, going to, I told Kaisa, I was like, I'm going to go out again, just so you know. And if you want to come with, you can, my dad, that was the only time he was going to be able to. So I start, I'm trying to like ask all these people to come with me. Cause I was, I've never done a solo hunt ever. Yeah. Um, well, I've done a couple like duck hunts, but I was like, I was super scared to go out west by myself for, you know, four or five days. And um, when I went by myself, I'm sleeping in my car. So I have a, I built a little bed in the back of my car. Yeah. Out of uh, that ply or about plywood or whatever. So I slept in there the whole trip by myself. And, uh, I don't know. It's just completely different going by yourself than with other people. Just For like sure. a freaking the first two days, like, or the first night, at least I don't, I slept maybe like three hours. I had my, <laughs> I had my pistol sitting right next to me and I'm like, <laughs> like looking out the window and I'd lay down, the wind would blow and like a weed would tap
0: on my car and I would I can't freak out. You're just blasting out the car windows. Oh, dude, it's so scary!
1: <laughs> Gun in hand and everything. and Then after that first day, it was fine. But I I don't know why. But when I went by myself, I went to a completely new area, which was kind of dumb because I didn't see that many when yeah. I was in this new area. So it's like, don't leave deer to find
0: deer. Yeah, because um, you you were consistently finding deer in the new spot with Kai yeah. and dad.
1: Yeah. The only thing about the spot we were at before was it was a lot more um, parceled public land. So it was like,
0: yeah, was not like big a, tracks of it.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of private land around us and we were kind of like in North Dakota, you can corner cross.
0: So we oh, would sweet. go from like
1: one little track to the other and that's where a lot of them were. But uh, I don't know why I didn't go back there. I just was like, Oh, well, let me try this spot. Cause I found sheds here and didn't see much that first time. And I saw more antelope that first solo trip that I was out there. And so then that was a bust. Only went on a couple stocks. That was that was just kind of it felt more like a camping trip, that one than anything. And uh I'm trying to think of the third trip. Third trip I went out, there was a big snowstorm coming in on Sunday. So I was like, okay, I can hunt Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hopefully, I can get out by Sunday, you know, because they're just going to get dumped on out there. And this was also by myself. I couldn't. None of none of the none of my friends wanted to come with me. It's because like it was always short notice. It'd be like, "Hey, bro, Thursday, you want to go
0: out?" And they're like, "What time of year is this? This is October." I'm trying to think. My October, I know I had a couple things, dude. You should hit me up, man, because this sounds so awesome. In fact, I'm going to be putting in for North Dakota mule deer yeah. over the counter archery next year. You should. I'm it already awesome. getting pumped.
1: It's awesome. And uh, so I remember the last time we talked, I was like, oh, it's like the Badlands out there are kind of like um, kind of like an entry-level Western hunt. Like it's not super bad country. No, dude, that it kicked my ass. <laughs> like, dude, it's, it is not like mini, it, yeah, there's nothing like lesser about it besides that it's not at like 10,000 feet, you know, like in the mountains, but oh my yeah. gosh, it's still like the cuts, the cuts or the valleys and it's just so breaky. So it's like you walk a hundred yards, then you drop down, you know, and you have to go back up. You walk another hundred yards, you have to go down to another cut because yeah. it's so bad landy. But uh, so this third trip was late October. And the first day out, I get on, I get on deer, which was super cool. And, uh, found this one buck storm, storm actually got pushed now to Saturday. So it's Friday morning now and, uh, got on some deer, got busted a couple times, whatever. Then I uh, found, a, found a spot to camp and I was like, okay, I'm going to stay in this general area, camped like a mile away in my car. Got out early that next morning, saw a couple of does and uh, walked a little bit farther, didn't see anything. But then on my way back, I looked into this one little, there's like a main valley with the river in it. And then there's little cuts that go off the sides. I checked in this one that I didn't check on my way out and I saw a buck and three does back there. So making a play on this one buck who's bedded up there, uh, get to about like 80 yards, bump them. He runs off The does run this way. He runs this way. He beds. So he can see like everything. I have to make this huge loop around. took me an hour and a half to walk around to get into position to put another stock on him, step on a stick, bust him out again, watch him. He runs out. He doesn't, he didn't run very far every time. He kind of ran like, you know, like three, 400 yards, but thank like I had my eyes on him the whole time, which was nice. See him. He kind of just moseys around down in this lower spot. I'm like, okay, he's by himself. He bedded down in this this shrub, like right next to the, like right at the bottom of the hill. And this was all pretty open up here, so it's okay. I'm gonna get on top of the hill, and I'm gonna have to like creep down and shoot down on him. Yeah. Thought he was by himself, and I'm creeping down range. He's at 55, and like my pins go 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, but. I'm just not that confident at 50 and 60 yet. So I want to get, I want to try to at least get to 40. Yeah. I, I take one more, one or two more steps down there. And then there's just a doe there that blows at me. Oh,
0: <laughs> so she
1: blows, no. he gets up. I quickly range where he's standing. Cause he doesn't know where I am at this time. And he's at 56 and I draw back and I was, I, I tried to stay calm. I was calm right away and then he moved a little bit into a different opening and uh i just guessed he was at 60 and i hit him with the mitt, like the white tails he stops <laughs> and i i was probably like 0. 0.5 seconds after i said met i just punched the shit out of the trigger oh, shoot him man. arrow arrow goes like right into his back leg like i mean i missed it was way off it was oh. way to the right hits his back leg straight into the bone like no blood at all Errol's sticking in, like, that far, maybe, oh, in his bone. Geez. Errol falls out right away. I watch him, and he kind of just, like, he's hobbling up. And I'm watching him, and I'm hoping, like, maybe I hit an artery in his leg or something. He'll bleed out. There's, like, no blood coming. So I, I just watch him kind of just crest over the hill. And that was the second day. And it's, I tried to find him again. You know, I'm up there. And all yeah. of a sudden, this snowstorm this, this snow kind of just, like, hit, like, out of nowhere. And then I was reduced to like maybe a hundred yards of visibility. Cause it just, all of a sudden, all of a sudden it was like five
0: o'clock. And yeah.
1: Like the storm is rolling through. So I leave them and I head back home that time.
0: See that would, that, excuse me, that <laughs> would be ideal to get like a nasty snowstorm like that. Hmm. wow, I got to drink some water. <laughs> It'd be ideal to get a nasty snowstorm like that if you're already out stalking a deer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just like starts dumping, Visibility's nothing, the deer feels oh, yeah. super safe and then you can yeah. just creep in quietly. Yeah. But if you don't already have eyes on the deer or an animal that you're pursuing, there's no chance. Like no. you're never just going to stumble into a hundred yards on something.
1: No, never. Then that was the thing like, I, I, I've, I've realized I want to like be able to, do you have a, do you have a movable or a adjustable sight on your bow?
0: I do. I've got a single pin adjustable and I think yeah. I'm going to switch to either a three or a five pin adjustable. So basically mm-hmm. I would have like 20, 30, 40, 50 or yep. 20, 30, 40. And then my 40 yard, I would adjust. Yeah. Like I would adjust the whole site and my 40 would then go all the way out to a hundred.
1: Yeah. 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 That's kind of what I think that might be my next purchase because at my house that I'm at, I can only shoot up to 40 yards. If I, if I try to shoot to 50, I'd be on the road and that's illegal. So (laughs) I can't do that. But I've noticed like I can easily get within like 60 yards almost every time I was probably within 60, 70 yards of these mule deer every time. And I just could never get a shot. So
0: it's that and last just, little bit, man. Oh,
1: dude, it's that last 20, uh, 20, 30 yards that I just could not.
0: Well, and that's why you hear a lot of these guys from out West and they're talking about taking shots at 80, 90 yards.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and the,
0: it's it's common out there. I, I talk yeah. to people, uh, one of my buddies from out there, he shot a an antelope at like 96 yards, an antelope. Jesus. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? But then they hear about us back east or in the midwest and it's like oh yeah like my max is 40 and they're like are you kidding really
1: how do you kill anything
0: (laughs) yeah for real and i mean it's totally different you know when you're having to walk up on an animal it's a lot different than just sitting and waiting like if you're hunting over water you can you can get inside a 40 pretty easily Mm -hmm. you know if you're hunting a wallow it's going to be different but when Mm -hmm. you're spotting stock dude there's no telling how far. And in fact, when I went out, when I went out to Utah and helped my friend Linnea, uh, mm-hmm. one of her, one of her friends who's big a mule deer hunting, they're like, you'll never get within 40 yards. You, you just He's play. right. <laughs> and the whole time we're like, we saw the, the same thing that you did. We could get to 70 yards all day long, yeah. 60 yeah. yards even, but getting into 40 is unheard of. And she only mm-hmm. had one time, I think where we got inside of 40 she she crawled into this deer at 15 yards and she just couldn't quite get, she stood up she was drawn back stood up and she yep. could still only once she was fully stood up she could only see the ears and the antlers and it was a big buck dude it was a yeah i mean it was bigger than this one right here on the wall by Jeez. a lot and <laughs> and i'm sitting here i'm i'm sitting at 50 yards watching this all happen Yeah, I'm like videoing it with her camera and and she like stands up and draws back and I'm like, there's no way this isn't going to end in a good shot. Yeah. And then she told me she's like, it ended up looking back at her for six seconds. All she could see was the head. And then (laughs) it went from bedded to a dead sprint, like didn't stand up and look, didn't like run 10 feet and turn around, just like boom out of town.
1: Yeah. So
0: that's where I was like, okay, I've never done it before. I haven't been out for archery. I've never archery hunted Western game at all, but this year Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to get out and do some, some stuff with my bow, but I'm going to make sure, like, I want to be super, super dialed at like a hundred yards and have my effective range be like 70 to 80.
1: Mm, At least. I mean, I'm I'm just thinking of all my stocks, almost probably 80% of the stocks I was on, I could have had a shot at, you know, 70 or 80 yards easily. Or, or like, even if I, uh, there was a couple times where I'd come over, come over the ridge or something and I'd spook them, but then they, it's so, in the Badlands, it's just like down and up, you know, so like yeah. they're on the other hillside, but the other hillsides, I'm only like 65, 70 yards away. So I'd quickly range and... I'm like, ah, it's too far, but Dang, it man. shouldn't. It like it shouldn't have been too far. Like I shouldn't just crank, being able to crank it down, take my shot. But so I think that's something I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna purchase and try to work on is those distance shots, just because that it's a necessary skill out there.
0: Yeah, I I think
1: after after that.
0: Oh yeah, I don't think I had ever shot a deer with a gun past seventy yards, like. Growing up, I mean, we were hunting thick timber in Wisconsin, and so yeah, we're shooting deer. Some my first deer that I shot was probably five feet away from me. <laughs> I, I'm sitting like nine feet up in a homemade tree stand that I made out of plywood and two by fours. Nice. And I shoot this doe at five feet with a twenty gauge slug. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. I don't think it was until college that I shot at something past seventy yards. Mm -hmm. and and but yeah being out west it's like everything's farther with your rifle with your bow i mean it's just big open country and you're not Mm -hmm. baiting them you're not like you can't just sit on a path and hope they come through because those things will use every inch of the mountain yeah
1: and they could easily just make their way right around you if you sat i try i did try a whitetail tactic out there because i saw three bucks take this one path um this was my last trip out there when it was super snowy and honey mule in the snow is the most like underrated thing ever i think they they just stick out like
0: oh that sounds I mean, amazing
1: like you can ju- you could be walking and I'll, you'll just spot them with your eye while they're bedded i mean not like obviously super far but they just i don't know that was really cool and uh that last time was in the rut too
0: so that did was, you wear did you wear snow camo or did you have your regular camo? I
1: said my regular camo. You on. know how
0: fun that would be to be all white, like you're on a snow <laughs> yeah. goose hunt and you're stalking mule deer in the snow. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. That was. So I was kind of you know like my first solo trip. I was super scared to go out there. Yeah. This last trip, they just got dumped on. I think they got like, it was like 11 inches of snow or something like that out there. And I'm like, oh, like, how the heck am I going to do this? Like, I've never, it's going to be cold. It's, it's going to be cold and I'm going to freaking die out there. Or like, you know, all these thoughts. Like, I don't want to be freezing cold and in, in pain all the time. But I, I just I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I have, I, we had a two day break from school because I only had one class on Thursday. So I just skipped it. Uh, <laughs> but so I left, got out there. You know, sleeping in my car um I had two quilts and my sleeping bag while I was sleeping in there, you know, like just my head is showing like this yep. so I could so I could breathe, but um they were just full rut, you know, like I'd be sitting there sitting there glassing and awesome i'd see I'd see a doe just come hauling ass over the hill at like one in the afternoon and a buck would just be hot on her tail, just you know just Aww. sprinting it was it was. I've we like we I've seen the white tail rut in Minnesota and it's cool because you know the bucks are kind of like on their tail. But I mean this is just like they're just going like across this open country, just sprinting at each other. Yeah. And yeah, that was that was super cool to see. I didn't see any fights or anything, but I saw a lot of bucks that were hot on does, which was cool, but it was also super hard because none of them stayed put for more than like ten minutes.
0: Where what time of year do they go into the rut there? Cause it sounds, it seems like most places muleys don't go into the rut until like really late in the year or yeah. even early the next year.
1: This was um, this would have been the week before, or like Thanksgiving was like the 20 somethingth, right? Yeah. So the day I got back was the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. So it was that week in November.
0: Dang, and, so yeah, uh, that's got to be pretty close to the whitetail red right up there. I mean, maybe yeah, like a few. It's weeks like right after. at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh?
1: And they were they were just hot on them, and I, you know I, I'd be like, okay, they're down here, but as soon as I started making a move, ten minutes later they would they would start chasing each other again, or they would like they'd bed down, and then they'd get up and start chasing each other again. So it was super. It was hard because they were so easy to spot they you know they didn't say put it all yeah and uh I don't know that that was just it was super cool because it was always exciting but it's just so hard to actually make a play like I had no idea try to cut them off maybe but then they're like running circles with each other
0: yeah all around dude it sounds like with how close you you've been able to get but not quite close enough to shoot. It sounds like you need to do one of those like silhouette decoys or like the ultimate predator deals. It clips on the front yeah. of your bow, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I've watched videos of guys and you always see the highlights, right? You don't see the yeah. guys that blow every deer in the area out, but I just feel like that'd be yeah. so awesome. You know, you get close enough, they start getting kind of spooked. And then all of a sudden, you pop over, and all they see is two big ears and a set of eyes. And they're like, Oh, never mind. It's a doe. I can stay yes. put.
1: Yeah. That actually probably would be good because a lot of times that's what happens is they, you know, they either like, I know you're not supposed to skyline yourself. I've heard that a lot of times. Yeah. But sometimes there's just like no other way to get to them besides going over this small little hill out there in the Badlands because it's so, so breaky.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah, that would be good because, so, they, they, yeah,
0: they just bust you. So, for next year, you're going to work on extending your range with your bow. Yep. Are you going to uh, drop the whitetail tactic altogether? Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. No. That doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. What no. <laughs> What other changes are you going to make for next year? I mean, any other strategic changes that you think is going to help uh, get you closer or possibly see more deer?
1: Um, well, the one thing I always got pretty close when I crawled, which okay, instead of like trying to, you know, hunch down, and, like walk slowly, that seemed yep. to be a lot louder than when I just got down and, and just crawled super slowly. But, uh, I think it's just, I am like, there's just so many factors like learning how to play the wind just right. And how to like, even when the wind blows, then you make a move versus when there's no, like, if you make a move when there's no wind, then they, they kind of get like suspicious because your sound just, I noticed that one time was I just kept going and then the wind died down and I was angry. I was like antsy. So I made another step and then I got him on edge.
0: Yeah. And this was
1: at like 90 yards. He somehow heard that.
0: Dang. So <laughs> dude, those freaking satellite dishes they have on the side oh, of their head, man. Yeah.
1: It is it's no joke. They hear everything. Now that, that was that was the hard part about hunting the snow too. Was in the early morning when it was frozen crunchy, I couldn't I couldn't make any stocks because they like I just couldn't get close enough. So I had to wait till the middle of the day. This would have been um later in the week. Cause the first couple of days was super powdery snow and that was perfect. Yeah. But once it got a little bit warmer, started melting and yeah. So that was something else I learned was you can't really make a stock in crunchy snow.
0: No. It's just way too loud. Are Is this a unit that you're going to continue to put in for, or are you going to try to branch out to different areas? It's, it's a whole state. It's just
1: any oh, deer. Day? So North Dakota is um, any, so You can always get a whitetail archery tag, no matter what. That's just like an over-the-counter thing. And then their mule deer tag is an any deer tag, so it's not a specific mule deer only tag. It's just any deer bow, the whole state.
0: Oh my gosh! How much? The
1: Badlands. Badlands are like, I think that covers like three or four units.
0: Okay. How uh, how much is a non-resident tag up there?
1: Two fifty for any deer.
0: Dude, it's, i'm in man it's 2023 steal, archery mule deer archery any deer
1: yeah any deer but now everyone's gonna apply so now we're gonna have no <laughs> our odds go down
0: i wonder if there's a way to limit this podcast reach to like only certain people so that I mean, it's not like no i mean i feel like i feel like a lot of people when they plan a big trip out of state you know they're looking at like mountains they want to be right. out in wyoming or utah colorado nevada yep um not that not that the dakotas aren't beautiful because i freaking love the badlands man dude and i can only so imagine how sweet it would be to hunt there i want to yeah. coyote hunt there man yeah i want to I go saw out into some of those day. nasty cuts with a fox pro and just yeah dude i'll bring my 300 prc out there and just <laughs> like destroy the them
1: night. you'll see so many there was uh that later season when i was out there for when it was snowing out, there was coyotes howling and like all just all day, like one in the afternoon, seven in the morning, three in the afternoon, just like all over. And I saw a ton of them. So,
0: hey, we just need to partner We need to pair a shed hunting trip with a coyote trip. Yeah. And it'll be the best. We just hang out. All day long, we hike around, but we bring our rifle and a call. And then yeah. when we sit for some somewhere for a little while. Just start hitting the rabbit squeal, man. <laughs> It'd be
1: that be so We were actually talking about that one time, and we just never did it. Me and Lee, me and my buddy were like, "Oh yeah, let's bring our rifles out there." Yeah, and I, we just never did. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, it's it's a it's a neat place, and if anyone's listening who's in their they 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 want to get into western hunting. Like, this is, like, these North Dakota, South Dakota, it's, like, it's perfect, because it it, it is still, like, an insane adventure. I mean, like, I had so much fun. I learned so much about myself and about hunting out there. And, you know, it's, you're not going to be, like, in the mountains, I guess. But it's, it's like a, I don't want to say it's an entry-level thing, because it's still hard as heck. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it was perfect.
0: No, man. It's, I mean. Entry level is when you go somewhere close to home with people who know what they're doing. Anytime you branch out and you try and go and do something on your own in a new locate, I mean, you could know what you're doing, but going and doing it in a new location, that it's alone so makes it more of an advanced level deal. Yeah, you just don't know the animals. You might not know the terrain. You might not know their habits there. Yep. And that's what intrigues me about it because I want, I want to be like an ultimate predator yeah you know i don't want to just be like oh i'm really good at shooting deer over a corn pile in south carolina <laughs> like i want to be able to go somewhere figure out animals in like a couple days obviously learn about them throughout the whole time that i'm there yeah. but go and be able to just like hone in you see mm-hmm. people like that that are just killers man yeah and they can go to- anywhere yeah i talk to people about that all the time and i want to be that guy when people are like dude Dan just gets it done you know like <laughs> yeah. he just figures it out and I feel like some people just have it in them and honestly like I'm thrilled with the success that I've had but I also yes. haven't done a whole lot of like adventurous hunts with my bow and I know yes. that that's going and killing things with the rifle it's not a guarantee but your odds mm-hmm. go way up when you can shoot way up. 10 times the distance.
1: <laughs> way up. You just have to find animals at that point. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, it's still so fun, you know, with a rifle. But I've I've noticed when I kill something with my bow, that level of satisfaction is just unmatched.
0: Oh, through the roof, I bet. Yeah. Dude, so. that is sweet. So that wrapped up that hunt, man. And then... Yeah. I've I've been watching, you've been getting out and doing some more bird hunting, you know, upland and waterfowl, which is always fun.
1: It's always fun. And our waterfowl ends pretty early up here just because everything freezes so fast. I think it was, it was like November, like second week in November it ended. So that's like, it's, it's, I think it's only like 60 days or something like that. And then I'm talking to like, there's some guys in like Idaho who are still hunting ducks for like another month, I swear.
0: Oh yeah. You know. It's it's crazy, man. Like there's people who chase the migration and you can you can chase ducks for like a half a year. Yeah, easy. It's it's wild. I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. I got my <laughs> first that... taste of southern duck hunting down in Texas. Oh, oh my that, that was gosh, just man. crazy. Dude, they have way too many birds there. <laughs> it's it's outrageous. How many and they're all gorgeous, highly- too. Not only birds, the amount of animals in Texas, it's like freaking Africa. Yeah. (laughs) But in the U.S., we we got this campsite, and it was near this big body of water. But we're driving back in there, and there's, like, deer that are running across the road, you know? Like, I mean, it's a big campground or, like, wildlife area, wilderness area, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what it's classified as. And we get back there, and then, like, the second day we were there... I walk outside and there's deer right outside of my camper. I'm talking like 15 feet and I'm like, no way. So I start driving with the kids. I had to go somewhere quick mm-hmm. and we're driving and it's like the peak of the whitetail rut. So I'm driving, I look over and there's this freaking monster 10 just hot on a doe chasing her. Then yep. I see another buck and another buck and another buck. I saw like six bucks chasing toes inside of the campground. <laughs> I saw a Havelina there. I yeah. saw we, we, at one point we had javelina, turkey and whitetail all in our campsite.
1: And that's, yeah, that's,
0: <laughs> and I'm like, what, this, where am tunnel? I? And I didn't think this was a safari. Like there's animals yeah. everywhere. And then we were, uh, we were hunting, we were hunting for ducks and I was walking out to retrieve a bird at one point. Cause we didn't have a dog with us. Yeah, And I was walking out to get a bird and my buddy's like, Hey, just remember, man, there's, there's gators here. And I was like, uh, like, I was like, no, yeah, you told me that. But like, how big are the gators? I'm thinking, you know, like three, four five feet. And he's like, Oh, I don't know, man. Somebody killed one. That was like 14 feet, and 970 <laughs> pounds. And I turn around and I'm like, and I'm coming back to shore. And, like,
1: yeah. You guys can get it. <laughs>
0: but dude, you can hunt. I mean, right there, you've probably got 15 different species that you can hunt and, yeah. It's, it's crazy i get the appeal of texas but i think everybody would live there if it had more moderate climate they just get so hot and hot. dry it's I just so hot no i could never do that
1: mm-hmm. yeah but their deer their deer are just unmatched down there
0: oh my gosh it's
1: <laughs> just crazy how big, the, there's not that much uh public land in texas either
0: so, so there's, like, there's quite a bit but a lot of people just associate texas with all Private, you know, because there's a lot of big oh, ranges, yes. but there is a decent amount of public land. Oh, um, yes. Okay. the The crazy thing with Texas, though, is that exotics don't have like typical rules and regulations and seasons and bag limits. So yes. technically, and this is all from talking to the guys down there. I don't. I haven't fact checked any of it, but I I feel like I've heard it other places also. Apparently, there is a certain time of year in a certain area that you can thermal hunt for elk at night. What? In Texas <laughs> because they're non natives, or yeah, you know, they're classified as exotics. Yeah, uh, you know, you've got the nil guy that you can go out and hunt. I've heard of people being out on public land and the kangaroo comes bouncing through. And what so they the <laughs> kangaroo? Because they don't. I mean, you don't have to have a tag for it. Yeah, and. I'm like, dude, can you imagine just be like, you're sitting there coyote hunting in Texas and all of a sudden a freaking zebra walks past you <laughs> and got out of somebody's high fence.
1: It's like, so that's the thing is like, it just has to get out of the high fence and then it's like well, free game. Basically. There's a lot
0: of animals that have gotten out of high fence and now there's like breeding populations of them on public property wow. or like in the wild, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, the dude, just look up look up videos of exotics in Texas and you'll see how many different animals you can actually hunt on public land that are (laughs) technically not supposed to be there. And so you don't really have to have any special permits for them. Nice. Yeah. Anyways, I I almost didn't leave, man. Once I started learning about all the opportunities, I'm like, dude, I might just park it here for the long haul. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, dude, uh, awesome. Awesome. Sharing your story today. And like, congrats on all the stuff you learned. I feel like with how many encounters you had and the fact that you were getting within 70 yards on most of them, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're going to put all that, you're going to hone it a little bit next year and, and find some more success. So we got
1: to, we got to do it
0: dude I'm pumped if i know. go two seasons man i'll get one <laughs> oh no dude that's the worst and you yeah that'd yeah. be that'd be awful well dude thanks for hopping on where can where can people find you where can they follow along see some of your content that you created out there uh, uh may,
1: mainly on instagram uh at, it's zach s schrader just like all in one word and then uh I just figured out how to post on Instagram and then automatically posts on Facebook too so yeah. I guess you can follow me on Facebook if you want but <laughs> Nice. That's that I just started that like 2 weeks ago.
0: Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, nice and man. That's about it. Dude, congrats uh congrats on your first ever western I guess western yes. trip, right? Yeah, thanks. Your introductory hard as hell trip. My new western addiction. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, keep in touch. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how this all pans out for you next year.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yep. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. Man, what a crazy season. Like to go out to a place you've never been, sometimes with other people, sometimes on your own, and to have that many encounters blows my mind. Especially like one running straight at you, not really knowing how you should handle that situation. I guess I haven't ever had... An animal runs straight at me while I'm on the ground with a bow in hand. I I need to think through these things because it could happen, obviously. And I'm pretty pumped for him, man. I think he's gonna figure this out. And to dial in those few things that he realizes he did wrong, that he wants to go back and fix. Now he can fix them in preparation for next season, as well as extending his range, because I hear all the time from people that you know they're taking really long shots. I'm talking like 60, 70, 80, 90, even 100 yard shots on animals out west. And that seems fairly common across the board with different types of hunts. And it's not just big game, or it's not just larger, I don't know how to say that, the larger end of the big game spectrum like moose and elk. You know, I've seen those 120 yard bombs on elk and it's crazy. But I'm talking about antelope and mule deer and western whitetail. People are pushing the limits of what they can do what their equipment can do and they're having success with it and it all comes down to practice and just being consistent with your training regimen you know taking those shots you don't want to be lobbing an arrow at 80 yards when all you ever do is practice at 40 that's just I feel like that's irresponsible and unethical but when you can train and get comfortable and know exactly where that arrow is going to strike every single time that's what I'm talking about and so I know he's going to be dialing that in That pushed me. It really did push me to want to train even harder to make those shots. And since we got off the podcast, he actually messaged me and was like, dude, you should come out to the Badlands and shed hunt with me. And I think I'm gonna take him up on that. And who knows? Maybe we get out there and I love it so much that uh, I try to weasel my way into an archery mule deer hunt. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, I do want to hunt there though. I feel like that's gonna be an incredible place an incredible landscape to chase after animals and then to have to get close enough to stick one with an arrow would be unbelievable so i hope you guys hear these podcasts and it just lights that fire under you to get out there to try something new and like i say every single episode until next time get out there and chase a new adventure